All right. So I have left the pod. <laughs> there, the podcast. I've left the podcast. You guys can go find Brennan Lee Mulligan, and maybe he'll DM for you. He's so much better. God, if only. Yeah, he doesn't seem busy or anything. I think we can figure it out on our own. (laughs) It was all like, you know, like a collaborative storytelling. Yeah. Like in elementary school, when they like give you a writing assignment where like each person in the class writes one sentence in the story, that's just what we'll do. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah, why not? Then we don't need a DM. (laughs) We can just, you know... What is that? We'll be an employee-owned podcast. (laughs) Wow. Let's over to the bourgeoisie. Welcome to Nameless Putt-Putt, where all you get to do is listen to us play (laughs) putt-putt, because Nate is sick and is struggling to speak. But just for your entertainment, and because I am appreciative and loving of our audience, you know, I'm going to make this happen for y'all. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know. This is just like a beach episode, though, right? Because we finished in an adventure. can start heaping those praises on me. And, He's going to climb down off good. his cross here in a second. <laughs> yeah, you know. And join us while we play a game. You know, my side does kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. My, and my palms. Yeah. Can I erase my harm now? Or do you want us to wait until after we finish the beach episode? I want to wait till after you finish the beach episode because maybe, just maybe, <laughs> I'll fuck up so bad. Morris will die fuck up during so the bad beach I episode. Can kill you finally, <laughs> be rid of you, and be done with it. It's gonna turn out that Morris never learned how to swim and is just trying to doggy paddle, and he just like fucking drowns. <laughs> oh, that's what I'll do. I'll drown you. It's perfect. <laughs> like a little kitten. Though Brad seems like he's probably CPR certified and like a former lifeguard. Well, Mags is definitely CPR certified. Yeah, Brad will get you into shore, and and Mags will save your life. And Mags will resuscitate, yeah. All right, so my mouth feels like I just shoved a bunch of cocaine inside of it. Oh, wow. It's going to be an exciting episode. Indeed. It's just numb from all the menthol. From all the cough drops. Yep. My name is Nate. Welcome to Nameless Monsters. Thank you so much for joining us. I am sick today. I apologize profusely for the quality of my voice and my lack of diction, but we're going to, you know, ever forward, right? Power through. Nateless monsters. (laughs) My pronouns are he, him, and with me tonight, I've got, (laughs) let me catch my breath here. I've been very ill. Dennis. Hi, I'm Dennis. I play Brad Johnson, the mundane, and we both use he, him pronouns. And... Lester. Lester Morris, he, him. And Heather. I'm Heather. I play Mags, the professional. We both use she, her. I've also been sick. You guys got to eat more like trash. I never get sick. (laughs) I don't know why I thought that was going to be real advice for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, did you like your special intro? I did. Okay, good. I did. It made me feel loved. Thank you. Good. Now go get your water. Oh, that's right. All right. While uh, here, while I go get some water, you just you just listen to this theme song.
So in episode 16, we were deep within the maze and wandered through it. Brad slipped away by himself while Mags and Morris were talking. I, I will repeat that. Brad slipped away by himself yet again. No. Okay. Well, yes. No. Yes. We'll let the listeners decide if that was justified or not. It was not. <laughs> Morris was having a moment of clarity, and Mags was like being <laughs> Mag smart, and we were discussing the safest way to do things. No, and Brad you, got bored you spent and wandered off. Fifteen <laughs> minutes talking about Greek mythology in character, and Brad was not going to wander down the hall. Bored? Come on. <laughs> We ran into a, a a real Adonis figure. He was okay. Yeah, he was, he was mid. And he was mid. <laughs> Woo! Jesus. No, Sisyphus. No, Perseus. What are those us's? It was Theseus. I'm pretty sure it was Theseus. Yes, it was Theseus. This is why Brad walked away from that conversation. <laughs> Mags cast magic to communicate with him, which I guess was just, you know, speaking ancient Greek. Minoan, maybe? I don't know. Presumably the same language family. And ended up speaking with Morris's voice, and Morris couldn't speak. And then we started to go through the maze so that Theseus could defeat the Minotaur, and Theseus done got squished. Yes. You know what's just occurred to me? We've been calling it a Minogar. We could have just spelled it M-I-N-N-O-W-Tar. Oh. That's pretty good. Oh, Lester. Wow. Were we not an audio medium? <laughs> that would have been, like, criminally offensive. Like, like that we had missed that. That's That's brilliant. I, I think we only good. missed it because we, like, are an audio media. Yeah. Like, if we saw it, we would have been like, nah, we just have to spell this different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we traversed the labyrinth. We had a huge, dramatic fight with the Minotaur, and Brad slayed him. I did. In a truly divine fashion. And... It was so fucking cool. It, it was pretty cool. Cool as fuck. The labyrinth started melting away, and then we found ourselves back in the woods outside Triple Springs. Or we assume outside Triple Springs. In a circle of 14 trees with skeletons chained to 12 of them. And then we made Nate really, really mad by using the last hold from my fortunes move to say that the place that Morris really needed to be was his bed, which is either the second or third time we've done that. <laughs> the second time. It's the second time. I'm not <laughs> mad about it. It is very funny. <laughs> but Delia and Jesse were chained to the other trees. We got them conscious and strapped to Brad, I think. And headed back to town. I think I was carrying the adult and Mags had... Jesse, yeah. Because also, for some reason, I think, in addition to Morris not being able to speak, his hands stopped working for some reason. Oh, I had noodle, noodle arms. arms. Yeah. I, so there were two things that happened. Yeah. One of them was during combat. Correct. Your arm, you gave Brad... Your strength. Oh, I, that's right. I, I gave Brad my strength, and so then I had noodle yeah. arms. It was pretty great. Yep. 
Yeah. Because I think I had, I think originally we were going to have Morris carry the little girl. And then we <laughs> so you're just headed back to the, to the bed and breakfast. Yep. Yeah. That's where. Okay, cool. So I think. Well, I guess headed back to the SUV first. Oh, oh, Nate, we had one question. Yeah. Morris is, uh, Gish. 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 Is he allowed to tell other people about it? I don't see why not. Okay. I think everybody just assumed he wasn't, and so we've never discussed it amongst ourselves. Morris. <laughs> uh, why don't you give me a speaking of? I checked the cat brooch in the labyrinth, so I have been actively looking. I just am doing bad. You have not actively taken steps to find him. I've been trapped in a maze. I, it doesn't care. <laughs> One of those times we checked, we were like, I did actively ask to see if he was like involved. I understand that. <laughs> but Mrs. Grindelhill don't care. I, she's not here. She doesn't know what's going on. Okay, so how does the Gius work? Is he just going to die if we don't find Jaden? Yes, that was the implication. Well, then fuck the rest of this town. We got to go find Jaden. Okay, well, so then Morris. I'll try harder because I just assumed I had to put forth, like, a token effort. <laughs> I just assumed I didn't have to do anything. No, I thought he had to do things. I just was like, okay, yeah, you just have to put in an attempt. Like, you get half credit for trying. <laughs> there isn't a participation grade. Well, Grendel oh Hill should have been God. more obvious about that. <laughs> a participation trophy from a game. You, you've got solitaire open on your work desk, and every time your manager walks by, you flip over to a spreadsheet real quick and just hope that they don't notice. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's how the case works. <laughs> okay, in my defense, it is also very in character for Morris to assume that the gauge was just like token effort and that's good enough. That is absolutely true. 100% agree. Yeah. So I think Morris should get hurt and then get very offended that he got hurt because in uh, his mind, he's not doing enough to fulfill the gauge. Okay. So where are we, babe? Holy shit. All right. I think. Okay. Okay. Here we go. We open with everyone in. Mags's SUV, an interior shot. I think we are looking in on the SUV and we see everyone's faces. Mags is driving. Who's in the front seat next to her? Morris. Aww. And Brad is in the back with the hostages. Well, <laughs> the former hostages. The former prisoners. prisoners. People we rescued. I don't know what to call them. People we you rescued. said hostages and I was like, whoa, the tone just changed so fast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I forgot to tell you guys that you're actually oh, no. evil. Are we the baddies? <laughs> it kind of zooms in on this, and then we hear something we haven't heard for the entire show so far. We hear a cell phone ring. What? <gasps> Mags. <gasps> Hello? We see you bring your phone up, and you're looking at it with, like, amazement. And before you can see who is who is calling, the power cuts off because it was out of batteries. I mean, it's absolutely out of batteries at this point. 
It's been days. I pull over and I've got my little spirally cigarette lighter plug-in thing. Because <laughs> that's what Mags would have. And I jam it in and try and see who called. It was definitely home office. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you guys. Now that you are connected, you see tons of emails oh. and like texts and missed calls and voicemails the well of anxiety just washes over her the number one email is just that they've canceled your health insurance (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh my gosh oh comes a classic mags panic attack well don't have a panic attack because you don't have insurance anymore to cover it (laughs) the last email is about claiming your life insurance benefits (laughs) oh my gosh I call back. Uh, Ju- Judith? Hello? Max? Oh my Max, gosh, Judith! You? Oh my gosh, I am so glad to hear your voice. Max, we haven't heard from you in weeks. What is going on there? I haven't been able to call in weeks! I've been here for maybe six days. Anyway, Max, it's. This town is so weird, and there are so many monsters. And I've kind of deputized some people. I hope you don't mind, but needs must. This is way worse than we thought it was. It's so bad. It's so bad, Judith. Well, you have backup on the way. Oh, thank goodness. We just sent one person, but they're very good. Great. We've just had a lot of budget cuts and stuff around here. I I know, Judith. I, I know. I have most of my reports ready to submit. Like I said, there there wasn't any cell phone signal, GPS, internet, nothing. This town is so strange. So as you're talking to her, you are cut off because you abruptly lose service again. Oh. It seems like it was a oh. temporary outage. Inage. Okay. Yeah, temporary inage. Okay, okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. Everything's good. Help us on the way. Okay. It's all gonna be it's all gonna be okay. Yeah. I'm like gripping Brad's shoulder. Okay, yeah. Like the the tips of my fingers like sinking in. So excited. Yeah. Shaking a little bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. I like start jumping up and down with you. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question for Nate. Has all of this happened while she's speaking with both her own and Morris's voice? Oh, jeez. <laughs> no. I think that this all all these effects that were accumulated have worn off while you're in the car, including my frogginess. <laughs> no, the okay. frogginess is there still. Okay. okay. So instead of my fingertips, it's my soft finger pads. That was swamp fuckery. That wasn't What about my jello arms? Yeah, they're they're back awesome. to normal. I'm gonna do a fist pump in celebration. Okay, Mags is like flying down these little country roads now. She's going so fast. She's so excited. Everything's gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. And then you pull up to the bed and breakfast, and it's on fire. <laughs> Don't say it. Well, it's really funny that you should say that, Lester. No, because the door is completely busted in. <gasps> And it is indeed on fire. Oh my gosh. I'm out the door before the car stops. Out the door, up the steps. I'm rushing in. Brad rushes in. Not like, oh my god, oh my god. There's no way to get in the house because it's on fire. 
You can see, like, towards the back, a large blaze has started. The house will probably burn down unless a fire truck gets here. But nobody has showed up yet. Okay, I'm going to go run and get Greg. Okay. Running in, I'm yelling for Adelaide. Because the thing that's freaking me out most probably is the fact that the door is is busted in with all of her rewards and everything. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm running in. I'm shouting for Adelaide up the stairs, opening all the doors, just trying to find her. Do I find Adelaide or Gilly or anything like that? You begin running from room to room, shouting for Adelaide, and you don't see anyone. What you do see when you go into the dining room, there was like a tray of sandwiches, and they're all like knocked over and onto the floor and all across the no across the <laughs> these monsters. I knew where to where to yeah. twist the knife. The sandwiches where it hurts most. She made those just for me. Some of them have been like trampled no! on. No, there's furniture that's been knocked over in here. One of the chairs you see is like turned over and there was like a nice silver candlestick that's been knocked over candle rolled out onto the floor and then partially crushed by a foot there has been a scuffle here and you see like a small spray of blood on the wall and like scratches okay so brad is freaking out if Mags is coming in, what she sees when she gets in there is Brad sort of like in the middle of the living room, looking at all this stuff, almost hyperventilating and like spinning, just blood on the wall, footprints, and just not sure what to do. And oh. you come in and he looks up at you and you just see panic. Mags runs over, puts that hand on your shoulder again, just like she was gripping you in the car. And she says, it's going to be okay. Come with me. Okay. And... I want to, did you say that the fire was like at the back of the house toward like in the kitchen? Yeah, kind of the kitchen area. Okay. But also where the door to the cellar might be. Oh, jeez. Which was, if you recall, outside the kitchen. Yeah. So if we run to the kitchen, see if I can tell where the fire was started. Because I want to try and start, there's you know blankets here. We can dig up dirt. We can try and do something to slow it down at least until uh, presumably the fire brigade gets here. Sure, sure, sure. So what you see when you get back there is somebody has thrown fuel and lit a fire in the cellar. So it will burn up into the house eventually, but they've left the door open so that there's like air moving. Yep. And the fire that you see coming out is from like the ignition fuel, the initial fuel that was, like, tossed down in is burning. Okay. And you see a little bit of smoke beginning to, you know, come up through the floorboards. Okay, Max, I don't I don't think we're going to be able to stop this. Just something no, happened we're, in we're, here, and I can't, what, I don't know what can... We're going to find out. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Brad. Okay. Say it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just... Mags slams the cellar doors closed. Smart. And I want to go up above where where this fire is, and I would like to do magic. Oh, baby, you so smart. You so good at this. Max Let's is way it. braver than Morris yes. is. Morris saw a fire, thought about doing magic, and was like, gonna fuck it up, and went to go get Greg. <laughs> okay, so I slam the cellar door shut, run back inside the house 
and stand above where where it looks like the fire is trying to catch on these old, beautiful heart of pine floors. And she is going to summon forth a magical magnet. She's going to draw a small circle on the floor in the middle of the long hallway that runs back by the kitchen underneath the stairs that lead upstairs to the bedrooms. She works these runes and does like the, again, a la the magicians, because this is fast magic, does everything she can with her, her little froggy fingers and then inhales to draw all of this fire up to this one spot. I think I want to use magic rolls. Oh boy. I want the first one for the corralling of it, basically, like the barriers that you're putting up. Uh Uh-huh. And then the second one to do something beyond human limitation and become the frog. (laughs) Did you guys call Morris back or is he still on his way to Greg? I mean, I... I don't know if you're doing magic, I and and you might want help. I think I'm. I think I probably would go get Morris because I don't know anything about that. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I, that's fair enough. Morris, I'm gonna let you help out with the first. Okay. Use magic roll, which is the drawing of the runes and the creating okay. of the barrier. Because that's as an initiate who like understands yeah. magic a little bit, as much as Morris can be said to understand fucking anything. He's an <laughs> idiot savant. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're able to like etch some of these runes that she's showing you with your with your crystals. So why don't you go ahead and roll okay, help out? With cool. I want you to do it with weird because I think this is because it's weird. specifically a magic help. Okay, and I still have that minus one ongoing, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Until you get to take a rest, okay. which you have not. Whose fault is that, Nate? I say a rest. You know, as soon as you have some downtime. Okay. Which, sorry, I know I said this is going to be a beach episode, but... Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, Surprise! you never said beach episode. I just kept calling it a beach episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Surprise, your whole world's on fire. This is the exact opposite of a beach. Okay, for her, the help out, I got a three and a six, which is and then a minus one and a plus two, which I think is a ten, which means... All right, so you help out. And that gives me plus two, right? Yeah, I was going to ask if that, if my helping hand move counts Yeah, absolutely. For it. Okay. All right. Okay. I have decided on a pair of dice. Here we go. Thank goodness for that plus two. That's an eight. Okay. So you've got a glitch. Yep. I'm looking right now. Uh, I will take one harm. So Morris helps me draw out these runes there's like crystals anchoring things these hastily scrawled chalk runes sure drawn around like spikes of crystals that he's like hammered into the floor and so the the smoke all of a sudden like snaps to this funnel like a column of light emanating from the floor except it's all smoke and heat and ash and terribleness and mags digs as deep as she can pulls her arms around it like she's going to embrace it and tries to absorb it into herself i think the heat hurts you yeah i think that's what's going to cause the harm because all of that smoke and stuff is funneling up as well as the fire 
I think you're getting singed. You're getting licked by flames yeah. as it's magically drawn up from the floor. And then go ahead and roll another use magic. That one's a 10. Yes. So you just take these reins. You go with it. I think that it's exactly that. She puts her arms around it and the flames are like licking her flesh and burning her hair and her clothes are already like the poly blend is already starting to melt in patches and all of a sudden it just puffs out and she collapses on the floor unstable oh no you're unstable yep oh shit oh no mags give yourself third degree burns i guess yep that seems about right and you're going into shock can i use can i use magic to try and stabilize her you can use big magic to try and stabilize her with stuff from down in the cellar if it has not been destroyed i have to find shit in the basement to do big magic with right yes why don't you roll read a bad situation all right, I got a plus zero. No, I've got a minus one on this roll, Max, to find magic shit. Woo. I believe in you, Morris. Seven is the most common roll on dice. And so I need not that. I believe in you. <laughs> At least an eight. Oh my God, I got a six and a three again. Okay, so I got an eight. I got an eight. Oh, that works. Hey. I'm psychic in real life and in the game. <laughs> All right, you get to hold one. Okay. So what's the best way to protect Mags slash what's the good shit? You definitely remember reading briefly while like glancing over Adelaide's shoulder at books and stuff that she was using, as well as some of the stuff that she performed on you and the others. All the times I got her. resting times because she has, she has really patched y'all up a lot over the past several days. You know the items that you need. As you go down into the cellar, it is like the walls are blackened. Imagine there's a lot of coughing too, because even if the fire's been smothered, there's still- Yeah, there's still smoke down there. And you guys took care of it so quickly that there's been minimal damage down here. Some of the foodstuffs have been ruined. Some of the books caught, but not- Wow. You've saved tons of stuff. Good job, by the way. I really expect you to cock that up. Guys, (laughs) thanks. Yeah, no problem. Well, I did too, which is why Morris wasn't gonna cast magic, he was gonna go get Craig. I mean, the police station was pretty fucked. Look, so you don't have a great history with fires. The heart of the dice, yeah, the heart of the dice saved you for sure. Not only is there a smell of ash and smoke down here, and the smell of like burning herbs and things like that you also smell the acrid chemically smell of some kind of fuel used to light this you go into adelaide's kind of inner sanctum the sand that you saw in several places like delineating different distances from her sanctum door basically uh, so she could tell when people were coming have has all been like completely cast aside you mm, i'm not sure if you would remember enough in here to see anything missing so i'm not really sure how to handle that i can't see morris remembering the specifics you're not particularly investigating this either yeah 
So you're quickly grabbing stuff, and uh, you see all of that at a glance, and then you're back upstairs trying to get into the mindset of Adelaide. You know the items that you need. There are several specific herbs. You can make those up if you want. I don't really care. Sage, garlic. What's the stuff you put in tiki masala? Garam masala? Garam masala, I think, is a mix of a whole bunch of different things. You know what? This sounds like yeah, delicious soup, I'm just, so I don't It's just all care. curry oh, yeah. spices is what is needed. Okay, great. Yeah, you make... Okay, so that's what it is. It is like a curry paste that you're supposed to put on wounds. God, that sounds horrible then, for uh, birds. I know, it does. But it's, it goes along with magic that you do. There's a lot of mint. It cools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So hey, you're the one that described the curry I paste. wasn't like, like all the ingredients for <laughs> Look, curry I paste. say things and then like 10 seconds later I realize the implications of the things I say. <laughs> we know. So, I think you're able to quickly whip this up. Well, uh, we'll we'll save another roll for that. I have to roll to mix up so, curry powder? Well, <laughs> hold on. Oh, to do the healing. To do the healing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like, I assumed that would be a roll. I thought you were saying, like, an additional roll on top. <laughs> now, Morris, here is the deal. This is not your magic. I'm, like, channeling something scary. You're doing somebody else's magic, basically, which I don't think you've ever done before. No, I just do the crystal thing by the seat of my pants. Like, you're performing magic in a different way. So I think that's interesting. I think that's something... A moment of growth for Morris. I don't know. You could... It could mean something to you. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there as something interesting. Morris is learning that magic might not be inherent to the crystals. Which Mm. he assumes magic can only come from crystals. Because he's a bit dumb. So, Morris, why don't you describe to me what Adelaide's ritual looks like? From a perspective of not Morris, right? right? You can't Morrisify yeah. it because it's a very specific like thing. Okay, Mags, you're a woman. Not Mags, sorry, Heather, you're a woman. <laughs> what music do women listen to when they cook? Well, that's a very open-ended question. What ma- What music would Adelaide? What kind of music does it seem like Adelaide? You think she's a Swifty? Definitely not, because Taylor doesn't exist in this timeline yet. <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, but probably, like, some Fleetwood Mac. Some, oh, my God, yes. Some Mama okay. Cass. I think he has to turn, he has to, like, fiddle with whatever music thing she has in order to, like, play Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> no, no, Silver Springs. Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Wow. And, yeah. like, open up the recipe book, get out the mortar pestle, put on, like, a little, like, frilly apron yes like it's like a cross between charmed and practical magic yes and then like he's he's possessed by the spirit of adelaide and he has to like sing along with the song a little bit and do a little like hip shaking like he's singing while he pours all the ingredients into the mortar pestle to like make the spice mix beautiful sweet yeah so what we're gonna do for big magic trying to open up my may require lots of time which i'm guessing you're not gonna do 
need to experiment with a spell. Lots of failures before you get it right. You need rare and weird ingredients and supplies. I assumed that the curry powder was the weird Yeah, it is. The spell will take a long time to cast. You need a lot of people to help. Needs to be cast at a particular place and or time. You need to use magic as part of the ritual or it will have a specific side effect or danger. It has a specific side effect or danger. Can the turmeric turn Morris orange? Uh, I don't think that's the specific th- side effect or danger. But can it be a side effect? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. If you really want Morris to be orange, that's cool. I, I like do want him to be orange. Just for a bit. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting a handle on, on things. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on like where Lester is as like a human being and then and then something like this happens and I realize I'm a babe in the woods and Lester's insanity is is every single tree it's just it's constant he is like the beautiful mind of chaos it's a lot of turmeric and curry powder <laughs> <laughs> no, when you put good. it like it's, that, that it's sounds really good reasonable. For colds. Morris. What? Why don't you roll use magic? And okay. then tell me how you complete this ritual. And uh, kind of just assumed I'd slather the curry powder on her. I think there's like some magic to it, right? Is the magic in the mixing or is it is the magic in the like afterwards? Like the I was thinking that the whole like Fleetwood Mac ritual thing was where the magic was. Like, I was envisioning in my head that, like, while Morris was doing all that, there was, like, glitter in the air to, like, signify magic happening. My bad. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. No, I saw you were bad. I didn't describe it, so it's on me. This is an auditory medium. You can't read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Why don't you go ahead and roll use magic for me? Okay. Heart of the dice. I dropped one of the dice and I'm still like, I'm like nervous. So I'm still sitting here like shaking the other dice. All right. Come on, Lester. I believe in you. Lester, roll it. (sighs) Way too quiet. Dennis and Brad are both holding their breath. Oh, no, wait. Math. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. This might be okay. Four, two, plus two, minus one is seven. Okay. Never mind. We're good. I like I was pausing because I was like fuck I just killed Max by the skin of your teeth (laughs) now a glitch wow Morris you slather Mags down in this stinking I say stinking I mean I love the smell of curry it smells a lot there's like a lot of odor it is a powerful aroma of curry pungent pungent ooh good Uh, an uncomfortably powerful aroma there's like no good way to describe a smell that's strong because yes, all yeah, the yeah, terms yeah. we're using mean bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you see the paste begin seeping up into your own hands and your hands turn turmeric, yellow, orange. And then the skin that you did not smear it on on Mag's body also begins to take on that color. <laughs> so Mags is going to be yellow as well. A yellow toad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an orangish yellow frog. Brad still looks amazing in his little short shorts and sh- no shirt. 
I hate you, Brad. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to episode 17 of Nameless Monsters. With me today, I have Lester. Hey Lester, what's up? What's up? Welcome to Nameless Monsters, episode 17. Oh, dope. (laughs) I just said that. Thanks for trying to, you know, take my job again. I just, you know, I say a sentence and then I say that exact same sentence eight times in a row. With the exact same cadence. Fair enough. That's how I live my life. You do what you got to do to cope with, you know, whatever's going on in your brainy brain, right? That's right. Yep. 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 Like I was saying, thank you so much for listening. So uh, we've got a couple of things still going on. We've got stickers still to give out. Just shout us out on social media. Hit us up on Discord or email us. All of the info should be in the show notes. Lester, you got anything for folks? Uh, Any sage advice? Uh, Pay your taxes because they were due like a month ago. Oh, yeah. If you haven't paid your taxes yet and you live in the U.S., you should probably have done that already. And don't answer that phone call. It's the IRS. It's about your car warranty. <laughs> um, it's about your car warranty and the IRS. Uh, the IRS IRS... does not make calls. This is what Heather has said to me. They only only send send letters. letters. Don't answer that mailbox, folks. I don't fucking check my mailbox. It's the IRS (laughs) knocking at your mailbox interior. (laughs) So this week we have Lester, you want to, you want to bring us in on the, on this, on who we are featuring this week? Okay. Unless you live under a rock, you've probably already heard of this podcast. Roll Britannia is a podcast every Wednesday. All right, everybody, I'm sorry. Lester broke in the middle of his programming. So uh, I am going to debug him real quick. And in the meantime, listen to this awesome promo. From Roll Britannia. <laughs> Listen to this awesome promo from Roll Britannia. Oh, there, sailor. Yes, I'm talking to you. Do you yearn for high seas adventure and piratical mayhem at the roll of a D20? Yes, yes, yes. I'll just toss you your shirt. Very sassy. (laughs) No, I drink beer and I fart in my sleep. (laughs) Now that I've got your attention with sex. (laughs) Welcome to my pub, the wizard's sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a cow. They're going to get in a bag. Do you know how big a cow is? (laughs) Don't put gold in your ass. Uh, that's um, not the catchphrase we were looking for. It is one that we often use at the <laughs> screen, Enough though. about where you keep your secret stuff. It's not right. in my anus. Stop it. And <laughs> sign your name in blood. I mean, join the rovers on your crew on their adventures every Wednesday, wherever you find podcasts. Just a real quick question. Am I stable now? Yes. Great. Did she heal any harm? Sure, you healed one. Great. That makes me feel better. Just because I love you. Thank you. All right, Morris and Brad, talk over my unconscious form. 
once I knew that she was stable and that I could pick her up without her skin coming off from the burns and everything. Oof. Yeah. Which Brad is just so relieved and just face wet with tears, but he's going to try to get Mags, like pick her up and get her up the stairs into her own bed so she doesn't wake up on a hardwood floor. No. And then, you know, we can have a talk from there. Yeah, I think the scene comes back in with Morris and Brad, like, sitting at her bedside. So, good good job, dude. That was, um, you, you did it. Yeah, I, you know, something just possessed me there. I don't even know what I was singing. I didn't know you could move like that. That was, um... Yeah, I, like, I also, I mean, I kind of killed it in that apron, don't you think? A little frilly. Maybe I should just, like, yeah. start wearing aprons all the time. Well, no, you can't do it too much, or you, you like, you know, you don't want to, like, oversaturate yeah, everybody. People get satiated on, on apron, Morris. Yeah, we're, like, we're definitely stalling right now, so we don't have to try to figure out what to do, aren't we? Is that what's happening? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we gotta go find Adelaide, but that sounds really complicated, and, like, Officer yeah. Gilliard. I'm not like yeah, I feel like Gilly. we need Mags to do all that competently. Should we do investigate a mystery? I don't know why I said that in character. <laughs> kind of loved it though. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad was just gonna answer. <laughs> I mean, you know, I used to do this solo all the time, and it just never felt this complicated. And maybe I just didn't realize all the things that I was missing until I saw Mags. You saw put like these a, things together. You know, like a more and, competent person. Just be competent. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. We really need to, like, start paying more attention to the things Max does so we can, like, also be competent. I think we have our own strengths. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have done what you just did. No. And I smell and great I, now. I, did you see me punch that Minigar? I did. Yeah. Not, a... Neither of us could punch a Minigar that good. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I, I feel like we need her, and I don't... Yeah. <sighs> But I'm worried about Adelaide and... Oh, hey, do you have Tony's number? Let me double check the list of items I keep in my pocket about what items I keep in my pocket. Hold up. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I got Deputy Tony's number. Okay, honest assessment. Do you think he could solve a mystery? No. (laughs) Okay. I don't don't Uh, think he's that good of a deputy. Just the vibes you gave off. Poor Tony. (laughs) maligned but i can like i can call him maybe he knows where gilly is or like he's got like no, no. gilly sense i don't think that's how that works dude okay okay but he probably he probably has sheriff gilly's number and so maybe we can find her in adelaide through him calling her phone and then we follow the ringtone well but she doesn't have like a cell phone right no 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 like i okay do you think the cops have, like, GPS for each other? Doubt it, dude. They barely had walkie-talkies. I have a walkie-talkie, too. Okay, here's the thing. Like, there are footprints downstairs, and there's, like, blood on the wall, and, and they're, like, well, you went in the basement. Is there stuff down there for us to look at? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff down there. Okay. Look, Morris, that's me. Don't know why I said my own name. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah. We've done a lot of magic. Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit more magic to see what I can find out. Just, can you do that? Yeah. It's magic. You know, it's all it's all in the crystals, except when it's in the curry powder. I guess 
Is there well, is, hey, is, is, okay. is there a component of curry powder that is also crystals? No, I don't think so. It's, but it's you know plants. what I you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not. You know mm-hmm. the one thing that was present in both the curry powder and the the crystals? Air, nitrogen. Is the Morris? The you, you're <laughs> you are the common denominator, dude. Like maybe it's the nitrogen. No, I think it's probably the Morris. I think. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I fuck up a lot of shit. Well, yeah, you're a person. People fuck shit up all the time. I but fuck like, up a lot of shit. It just doesn't. Some more than others. Like more than others. I don't know why I took Nate's statement as like. And aside from the director that, like, I forgot my line. <laughs> the voice of no, God. No, no, you shouldn't take it as that. I just thought it was funny. Look, dude, I can't, I can't do what you do. And I, you just, you, like I said, you just saved Max. Like, fuck up, whatever. But, like, you just, you just did this amazing thing and you did it without crystals. I do smell like, I, I do smell like, like curry now. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm it's, like, I'm so oh, hungry, I, man. I, the, all those sandwiches went to waste and now you smell like curry powder. Man, I'm so fucking hungry for curry now. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll add it to the list of things to do when we get out of here. But for now, okay. When we how, find Adelaide, clearly she knows how to make curry because she had the stuff to make curry powder. And so, like, we can just be like, Adelaide, can you make us some sandwiches? And you can, can you make us some curry? And I don't know if those two things go together. You can, can you curry a sandwich? I mean, like, I don't see why you couldn't, like, extra curry chicken. <laughs> why did you have us talk? I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't see no, no. why you couldn't, like, put the curry chicken in the sandwich. Oh, that sounds amazing. But I am assuming that Adelaide, yeah, that sounds, like, delicious. But I am also assuming Adelaide makes, like, very standard, like, chicken salad sandwiches or something. Oh, but I've had curry chicken salad, and it is delicious. Y'all. I'm, like, gently nudging Morris <laughs> out the door as he's talking about curry to go back downstairs to do the magic thing. As you are exiting, you hear a knock. At the door. The fucked up door? <laughs> yeah, it's probably a knock on the door frame and you hear, Ah, uh, hello? Is anybody here? Whose voice is that? I don't know. You go downstairs and what you see is a short, kind of pudgy in his 50s with black with a little bit of graying throughout his hair and a, a black mustache. Uh, he is wearing glasses, and he has, like, tan-colored short shorts on. Oh. Ooh la la. And he has a button-up dark green shirt on that has, like, a whole bunch of pockets in the front. And he's got a wide-brimmed hiker's hat. Hello, Ranger Newton. Kind of like a ranger, yeah, but... His his shirt is tucked into his short shorts. He's wearing a belt. I absolutely visualized that. that. I there's a I I know exactly what this is. I played Pokemon Emerald. This is a Pokemon trainer in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta add the mustache. <laughs> kind of. Plus the short shorts. Yeah, and the short shorts. Um, you gotta cut off like ten inches from his shorts. And he's wearing like <laughs> around his neck. He's got like one of those compass necklaces, basically. And he's got, like, a belt holster with a cell phone and a holster on the other side for some other electronic device. You're not sure what it is. He sees you coming down the stairs and he says, Ah, hi, I, uh, I was coming out this way and, um, I lost signal on my GPS and on my cell phone. And, uh, I, you know, I just kind of kept driving and, uh, 
Did you come in on the blue room? Well, I, I, I kind of just need a place to stay for the night and try and get some directions here if I this can. This is not our bed and breakfast. We're like squatters right now. <laughs> uh, squatters? Yeah, squatters. You and uh, do... first come, first serve. So go find your own squatting place. <laughs> oh, oh. Well. No, hey, what, what? Wait, 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 right. wait, 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 wait. Uh... No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have, okay. Who, who are you? Who are you? Name's, uh... Uh, Mr. Buston. And okay. he holds out his hand. I shake it. Yeah, this uh, guy's Brad? like 5'1", five 5'2". Five <gasps> oh my god, I'm taller than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tiny. He's quite short. But he seems an affable fellow. He seems nice. You know, got kind of a round face. He smiles a lot. What is he driving? He is driving like a Jeep Cherokee, like a 2000s Jeep Cherokee. Okay. I was trying to figure out if he was the if he was the agent that was supposed to be coming. He is not. I mean, he doesn't look like it. Well, I mean, did Mags? Fair enough. Yeah, Mags was in like a pantsuit. Yeah. It could be. Sorry. Way to stereotype, Nate. <laughs> I shouldn't just tell you yes or no. Too late. You already did. He's not the agent. <laughs> Let's bully him. He could be the agent. Maybe I've just changed my mind. I can do that. <laughs> no. Nope. Don't believe it. Say, okay, well, um... I'm sorry, but the bed and breakfast is kind of out of commission right now. The proprietor is um, not here. Missing? Yeah, uh, not here. Missing? Not here. Oh, gosh. That's... Missing temporarily uh, because they are not here right now. And that's, you know... Oh. Yeah. It's a weird choice of words. Should be fine. D- um, God, I wish Max was here. Okay, look, Mr. Buston, um, normally I would tell you to just turn around and go back the way you came, but... Um, I won't, for reasons that you will discover, I'm sure, on your own. So, uh, just, uh, uh, you can hang tight for a while, if you'd like, and uh, maybe go grab some pie. There's a diner down the road that's got some pretty good cheesecake. There's a library. Uh, if you could kill a few hours, then come check back. Maybe the owner will have returned and, and can I, take care of you. You know, I think I think we did confirm that the library had smut in it. If sure. you need, yeah, if that's you know, your thing, yeah, just have at it. It's uh, No, no, no. That's not really my thing. Uh, well, I'm not judging. Appreciate you you said offer, no though. way too quickly for that to not <laughs> be your thing. I, well, he turns a little red in the cheeks. Which cheeks? <laughs> oh, <God>. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I appreciate it. I'll check out the motel, I guess, and the uh, this uh, diner. Uh, you, s- I can't leave. Uh, well, I mean, uh, uh, what brings you to town? You know, we don't get like... visitors here very often. <sighs> oh, we were out hiking. We? Yes, my wife and I. And he points back towards his vehicle, and there is a nice-looking, cute, plump. Little woman sitting there in the, she's got like a bob haircut and she sees you all looking at her and he points and she, she notices that and she waves. Wave back. Smile. Wave back. Yeah. I don't smile though. <laughs> I just wave. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to help. I, just, we're kind of in the middle of, of stuff. Uh, stuff. Yeah. As you can see, the door isn't even, you know, this isn't really like a, we're not. We're not in a position to be taking guests at the moment, unfortunately. We're yeah, we're closed so, for well, business. Well, that's, that's all right. Uh, I mean, I brought all my camping gear, so we can stay out. Why are you looking for a motel then? It's Just not, camp. Not a huge, big, huge deal. I, well, sometimes you like to have the nice cities of civilization, you know. No. Aren't you a city boy? Okay. Well, uh, 
Wasn't I? Yeah, I am. A, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's fine. Uh, Morris is just being mean right now. I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll have a quick bite, and uh, maybe we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, just... we'll drive out to Bankhead and uh, do a little hiking before it gets dark. And you guys remember Bankhead? You passed it on the way here. It's like a national forest. Um. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, you could certainly try to do that. Just um, you know. Yeah, like make, go try. I'll just definitely be back before before dark um there have been some like animal sightings kind of in the area and uh you know just to be safe the coyotes and the wild boars and the like wolves and shit get real rowdy at night it's a there's like something in the water oh uh, sure sure uh well we'll no worries we're very uh experienced with this and we will be perfectly fine i'm sure with frisky coyotes and wild boars uh he or camping he reaches into a pocket, pulls out a gun. No, I'm kidding. This is Morris' best friend. <laughs> I'm joking. He's I'm just joking. like he Morris. <laughs> no, he uh, he pats one of his pockets and he's got got that trusty bear spray. He gets in his car and he drives off. Well, we'll see that sucker again. He actually skips the diner. He said that he might go there, but he doesn't. He just uh, leaves town. He goes out. Wait, like leaves, leaves? Like he doesn't come back out the other side? I mean, how long are you waiting? Yeah, I let's go find a curtain yeah, to put right. over I'm the door so people stop long. trying to come in. I don't. Yeah, I don't want any more look, looky loose. Yeah, we'll like hang a curtain over the door and then get Morris to do his magic stuff. Put like a no solicitors sign. Yeah. <laughs> I think you you guys do this, and it takes a little bit. You have to find stuff to hang it and things like that, and you never see his vehicle drive back by. If you are looking for that, I guess. Well, yeah, because we put up a curtain. Which you kind of indicated that you would want to know. Well, Dennis wants to know, but I don't think I don't think Brad would actually hang out. Yeah, I don't think Morris has the patience. We are of single-minded purpose right now. We're hanging up curtains and doing magic. Yeah, that's one of those things the characters don't notice, but the, I think the audience definitely sees like uh, the work that you guys do and sees like the sun move in the sky, not exactly seeing the sun move in the sky but like it's obviously later in the day and we never see the vehicle drive back by hmm. they got eaten by gremlins what are you gonna do okay let's do that magic okay a fucking one and a fucking three when you use magic you can ask a question from the investigative mystery move i fucked it up real bad so morris tell me how you are doing this so morris pulls out some crystal like i think he's done he's done this before so he, like, he pulls out his crystals because he doesn't believe Brad that the magic was inside of him all along. And he like lines them up in his little circle and he like draws the pentagram in blood or salt or whatever he did. And he like waves his hand over it to chant. Okay, so what was the total roll that you got? It was a one plus a three plus a two minus one, which I think is a five. Yes, it is. Brutal. Man, we really are just lost without mags, aren't we? Truly are. We can't do nothing smart. Lester, read me exactly what the move says. That old black magic. When you use magic, you can ask a question from the investigative mystery move as your effect. Ah, I see. Okay, cool. Ask your question from investigative mystery. How about that? I fucked it up. I know. Okay, I was going to ask what happened here. All right. What happened here? I think you get the wrong information. Okay. Great. I think all you see is you see 
a night sky. Do you see this like in the crystals or is it just in your mind? I always assumed it was just in my mind. Okay, sure. That's fine. So it making like a little TV screen with the crystals does sound very dope. It does sound very dope. Is that what you want to do? And then Brad can see the misinformation too. Sure. You can gaslight both of us at once. Yes, 100%. Brad, are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm right there. Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. You see a night sky and you see out of the night sky a flaming object slam into the ground. The vision, like, starts getting closer and closer and closer to where it slammed into the ground. And you see nothing but smoke. As you get closer, there's not less smoke, but this light is able to penetrate the smoke as you get closer to the source of the light. So there's like this green light kind of shining through the smoke. And until the vision is filled with nothing but a green light. And that light expands and expands and expands and it encompasses your entire vision. You can see nothing, both of you can see nothing of the room anymore. Your vision is completely subsumed by this green light. And you look over and you realize that you can see each other. And the vision that you see is strange alien plants and fungi, I guess is the only way you could really describe them, begin growing off of each of you as your bodies begin to morph in a horrifying way. Your skin splits. We're watching this on Crystal TV? Or is this happening for reals? This is your vision that you are seeing. Like, this is what is happening in the room right now. Okay. There is no room. There is just you in this green space. Each of you watching your friend be torn asunder by strange, mutating body parts. Your bones split out of your skin and and then the bones begin to grow but they also change consistency and texture and become more spongy and jelly arms. It is really fucked up and it is like nothing you have ever seen before. And I think this blinks out of existence suddenly. Everything is dark and then your vision begins to slowly return to you. It's really blurry at first. You looking at each other is incredibly blurry, but it begins to rapidly clear. And you see that each other is actually fine. You don't seem to be growing any extra limbs or like strange protrusions from your body, but you cannot shake the profound sense of unease and horror this moment has caused you. If there were sanity damage in this game, I would give you sanity damage, basically, right here. But instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask each of you to think about how your character would take this. Think about it being the severity that I just described. And I want you to give yourself a tag. I'll decide how it affects you mechanically, but with the damage that has just been done to your brain. Like a tag like we have a concussion now, or a tag like... I'm letting off spores. No, like a tag, like a mental condition. You're terrified of fungi now or something. Oh, but that was what I was going to use. Now I I can't use it. Well, sorry. But I I mean, I want it to be something severe, I think. Uh, 
can I just be convinced that Adelaide and Gilly are either dead or pod people? And if they show back up, I am going to assume they're hostiles masquerading as them. I don't know how that would, that vision would inform you of that. They like exploded and they turned in, they like turned into weird well, sponge that's fair. plant people. You did ask what happened here specifically. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I took that to mean that Morris thinks that all of that happened to Adelaide and Gilly. Fair enough. That's not. Since wait, it wait. was a what happened here question. I, okay. So who did we see? I thought that I was just seeing Morris go through all this stuff. You saw Morris go through this extreme change in like body structure and like makeup of their being. Okay, but Morris saw you, Adelaide and Gilly. No. no, I saw Brad, but I just—that's just how visions work sometimes. Or maybe you've both already been replaced and are pod people, and you just don't know it. So my assumption was that it was like if I was taking this as like this was the true vision. What I would take from it is that like either Adelaide and Gilly are dead, or they've been replaced with plant pod people, who are like fungi. Like, I would assume Brad turning into that was a metaphor for Adelaide and Gilly, since it was like a what happened here question. All right. So how about paranoid? Paranoia. Extreme paranoia. Like, I think maybe you just think that everybody's this. I was going to ask is like it if specific to Adelaide and Gilly is enough or if it should be everybody. I don't think it's specific to Adelaide and Gilly. If this can happen, this could happen to anybody. Would I factor in Mags and Brad with it? Because they've been with me the whole time. They haven't, though. They were lost in that swamp. Oh, you're right. You You haven't been around them the whole time. You know, I mean, anything could have happened to them out there. I could be the pod person. I could be a pod person who's convinced that they're Morris. You could be. That is entirely true. I think I need to go with one or the other. Like every, either I think everybody's a pod person, or I'm con- like everybody but me is a pod person, or I think I'm a pod person. It, you think everybody else has been replaced? You did not see yourself change. Okay, so that's mine, Brad. You're up. <laughs> no, I didn't get that sense that I was going through all that. Right? It was just no. Morris from my perspective. Okay, I think that hmm, if Brad sees that, his first instinct is going to be to try and protect Morris somehow fix him somehow that'll be such a bad combination you should go for it (laughs) well and and like i think coupled with like that coupled with like mags being hurt and adelaide being gone and gilly being taken even though she was in like a pretty vulnerable state i don't know what the tag would be but i think that his like fixation is like he is not protecting the people around him and he has to do better like he's uh, like he's a failure yeah like he is failing to save the people he cares about okay so hear me out on this we've already dug into this a little bit with how can you protect the people around you against these kinds of forces right yeah and maybe that's i'm not trying to dissuade you no i kind of like that because like i yeah, I feel like Brad feels... Despair. Yeah. Brad, you just saw a cosmic horror. Yeah. You saw a light penetrate your friend and irreversibly change their body. Yeah, I think Brad feels very out of his depth. I think he feels very in over his head. He can't do magic. Like, he feels so useless right now. Despair. Despair might be I a good one. is the tag. And I think Morris, the tag is paranoia, for sure. I leveled up. You leveled up. Oh. I briefly considered taking the apprentice initiate move and then I was like that doesn't work if I'm paranoid (laughs) that's fair 
So I'm going to take the uh, add one to weird so that I have three weird now. I'm so nice. paranoid. Ooh. Like, I'm just yeah, fucking you're... more. I think that's appropriate. I mean, you're just getting weirder and weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Let it be so. <laughs> I think this happens, and Brad is standing there, like in like a half ready to run situation, like go to Morris, and then it ends, and things clarify. And he sees that Morris is fine, and he just doesn't understand what's happening. He doesn't know what to do, and I almost kind of want him to just try to do an investigative mystery role on like the blood on the wall and the all the footprints we saw or whatever, just to try and keep moving forward somehow. And I almost feel like it should be a disadvantage. I think that you're correct. Are you just wanting XP? Yes, he definitely no, is. No, I think no, no, I I'm not wanting XP. I mean, I I'm always wanting XP, <laughs> but no, I I I really think that Brad, I don't think can just quit. You know, sure. yeah. I also don't think he's in any position to succeed in any way, and I feel like that he's gonna just start spinning. Yeah, I think that next failure is gonna be the one that like sinks him. So, best case scenario, somehow I succeed. I get double sixes. I get three sixes in a row. You know, otherwise, who knows what could happen? All right, is that fair? Yeah. Roll at a disadvantage. Roll investigative mystery at disadvantage. I love it. Okay. I love self-imposed right, here... disadvantage. I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In these circumstances. Fully. Okay, the first one is a two. That's not great. The next one is a two. <laughs> How much worse can it get? <sighs> oh my, it's a third two. Wow. Triple two? What's that supposed to mean? Hey, you got a six. Wow. That's a four. And I don't know what the hard move is, but I do know that when Brad can't put the pieces together, he just sort of ends up sitting on the floor, like sinks down against the wall and just sort of loses focus. So I I think that this just adds insult to injury. It salts the wound. It is even worse. I think change your tag to crippling despair. Oh, good. Wow. You do get XP, so... Yeah, Brad is just sort of sunk against the wall, hands to his sides, just sort of eyes unfocused, staring into the room past Morris. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Adelaide's gone. Gilly's gone. We are stuck here in this place, and I can't... I can't do anything to stop it, to fix it, to... to I don't know what to do. I think the sun is setting now, and you hear another knock at the door. I'm going to pull out my gun, just to be ready. Brad doesn't even look up. Do you pull back the curtain that you've put up? Well, I kind of was, like, thinking, based on normal behaviors, Brad would open the curtain, and I would be ready with the gun. But Brad isn't opening the curtain, which would have been his normal move. And he's not doing that, so I'm more convinced he's been replaced. And I don't want to. I don't <laughs> oh want to deal with more pod people. Like I've clearly, I've clearly am stuck with one pod person. I, I was gonna ask earlier. Can Mags can have regained? Yeah, I think consciousness? Mags, you awaken to the knock at the door as well. Door uh, frame, at the curtain. Yes, at the court at the curtain. Because I don't hear the guys doing anything, so I head on down the stairs. Morris, 
Mags has been alone upstairs for quite some time. I mean, she could have been swapped. I, I already assumed she was swapped. Her swappy got swapped. Well, wait. No, she smells like curry. If she still smells like curry, I'm at least on the first swappy. So Mags bumbles her way down the steps and kind of looks at the guys. Not quite 100%. Goes ahead and goes to the door and pulls back the curtain a little bit. Margaret, what are you doing? You see a short, pudgy little man with a mustache and short shorts and a button-down shirt with a bunch of pockets on it and a wide-brimmed hat. And he says, um, oh, uh, hello. Hi there. Listen, uh, is there something we came by earlier and, uh, somebody had mentioned a motel or something. Uh, the campsite down there at, uh, Bankhead was all full, so, uh, we gotta get a room up here. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you went to Bankhead and came back here? Well, yeah. You just drive down the road that way. It's, uh... About Mags ten miles goes through the curtain and wants to embrace him. I want to hug this tiny little man. Oh, you smell delicious! (laughs) (laughs) Like quiet tears, just holding this stranger in a solid embrace. Right. Well, uh, if you could point us to the motel, uh, I'd be appreciative. I takes a step back. If you're sure we can't stay here, are you the owner? They said you were gone. No. No, I'm not the owner. The owner is indisposed. Obviously, there's construction going on here. (laughs) I think you may want to drive on through to Coleman. You'll have better luck getting a room there. Oh, gosh, that's a long way. Well, it should just be 40 minutes, max. But, uh, uh, well, uh, if you're sure there's nothing here, then I guess we'll, uh, we'll just head on and, uh, he gets in his car and he drives, drives off. Mags turns back around, finds the guys, and- No, you don't find Morris. Oh. Morris took his gun. He, like, switched the pointing it between Bupson or whatever, Mags, and Brad, and, like, slowly backed out of the room, and he's barricaded himself into whatever room was closest and still had a door. Oh, no. Well, Mags turns around with, like, this- this huge smile on her face in this in the dark house and here's the click of the door as morris locks himself in and turns her head the other way and sees brad crumpled in the floor in the dining room with his face in his hands and she just says well Shit. Hey everyone, this is Nate. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nameless Monsters. You can follow us on Twitter at namelessmon underscore pod and reach us by email at namelessmonsterspodcast at gmail.com. Monster of the Week was created by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. If you like the show, please rate and review us on a podcasting platform of your choice and let your friends know you loved the show. We really appreciate the help. Be safe out there and happy hunting. We hope you enjoyed the music on today's episode. 
Most of our selections, including our show's theme song, Somewhere in the Dark, are used by permission of the composer, Holizna Radio, who can be supported on Patreon. You also heard Ossuary One by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Full listings and links can be found at our show notes and at namelessmonsters.podbean.com. As you are turned around looking at Brad and the now missing Morris, you hear another knock on the doorframe. Sir, I'm sorry, sir. I walk over and I yank the curtain open as I say, I'm sorry. We simply don't have any rooms for the night. Rachel, would you describe your character? You see a young woman in her early 20s, and you recognize her immediately, but are unsure why. Mm. Maybe it's a familiar slope of pinched eyebrows or the color of her hair. She's small but wiry, ash blonde hair cut very short. She's wearing a mix between business casual and romping through the woods against her will. (laughs) She looks a little bit dirty, but mostly clean and entirely miserable. Honestly, same. Hi, can I help you? My name is Charlotte Johnson. I'm from the Bureau of Land Management. Man, I really thought we were going to get to, like, just talk. Nah. Yeah, I'll I'll have you know, Nate, that I was going to ask Adelaide on a date. (laughs) Were you really? Brutal. He's been planning it for ages. I really was. Well, shit. It's going to be so good. I was going to make her a fancy sandwich. I was going to pull out my movie my movie projector from the van and I was going to let her pick one of my like from like five films that I know she hasn't seen cuz she's trapped in nowhere land. <laughs> wow. It's going to be so cute. I love it. So much romance in the air. Tony, Adelaide, but not Morris. Well, there's decidedly less romance right now than there would have been. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. What if Adelaide was the bad guy the whole time and burning down the the bed and breakfast broke the curse and now we can escape? What if we just... I don't think that's the case. Screwed up her insurance fraud scam. No, you guys, Mayor Cordry definitely did this. What if he's a good guy and he knew Adelaide was bad the whole time? He's not. Quit trying to gaslight. I'm just saying. No. It seems strange that random guy can come in and out as he pleases twice in one day at the same time that the the there was somebody who was kind of an unknown quantity that you did let into the house who gilly yes lester oh yeah you shouldn't trust cops god damn it you guys (laughs) (laughs) 